This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. It's a huge issue affecting public health. I'm talking about prescription drug abuse. Drugs including opioids, stimulants, sedatives, and tranquilizers can be great at helping people manage pain and other conditions, but they can also cause devastating harms such as addiction, overdose, or even death. Canada is now the second largest per capita consumer of prescription opioids, and we are exceeded only by the U.S. And globally, North America consumes 80% of the world's opioids. And just to give you an idea of the deaths related to prescription opioid use, doubled in just over 10 years, and that's right here in Ontario. I'm here with Dean Miller of the Ontario Pharmacists Association, and uh, we're going to talk about how a pharmacist can help make sure this doesn't happen. I'm just going to give out the numbers once again. If you want to share any experiences with prescription drug abuse, either you or a loved one, or if you have some questions, the number is 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-744-740. And, Dean, I'm sure that you have seen this in your practice. Yeah, you know what, Libby, you mentioned a couple of the really common scenarios with opioids and, and tranquilizers and whatnot. But, you know, in, as a pharmacist, you see a lot more than that. You see, you know, people can, you, you begin to realize that people can almost abuse anything. Um, the ones that you mentioned are, are the ones that hit the newspapers and, 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 and TV and things because they are the ones that will cause, you know, more serious impact. But almost anything could. So, Usually, you know, a pharmacist, uh, you know, and, and we've talked about on this show many, many times about the relationship a patient has with their pharmacist. You know, that's, you know, pharmacists begin to identify those people that have those type of issues. And it's just, I mean, it's pretty widespread and it's getting worse. Okay. Uh, but, you know, uh, often the way this starts is somebody has a condition that causes a lot of pain and they're given this prescription Right. For something that can be addictive, and that's how it starts. So how do you prevent that from happening? And I know there are safeguards when you get a prescription for that kind of thing because it it has to go through – there's a stricter standard of yeah. how that prescription gets filled. Yeah, controlled and narcotic drugs, you know, um, are, are handled quite a bit differently from a, the, from a pharmacist than, than regular medications that, that, you know, you would just take for, a, you know, a sore throat or something like that. Um, so not only as pharmacists, we have more, um, uh, you know, responsibility to, uh, you know, track and trace these, these type of medications, but as well, you know, we pay a lot more, I wouldn't say we pay a lot more attention, but, but, you know, some special red flags go up when a patient 
has this type of medication. You know, we've talked a lot about, you know, the importance of sticking with one pharmacy, having a patient profile there that talks, uh, that tells the pharmacist that a patient is on this medication or, or these different medications. And, you know, a lot of times when things like and issues like abuse pop up, pharmacists start to see people using multiple physicians. They'll, 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 they'll do things like, you know, the, the time between fills becomes a lot shorter than it ever has been. You know, some of these problems pop up when people, you know, they, they, they keep these medications and they think that the, you know, they've used a, a very strong medication for pain. Rather than tapering it off, you know, they'll continue to use that same medication. So there's a whole bunch of things that kind of are factors that a pharmacist picks up when they look at a patient that potentially could have some issues with abuse. Okay. Now, how would you be able to tell? Because one of the things that people do is that they go to different pharmacies. So is there any way that you can detect that? Well, you know, one of the unfortunate things that we don't have here in Ontario is we don't have connectivity between pharmacies. So, uh, you know, a lot of people think, oh, that computer screen that a pharmacist looking at, that must be connected to the, you know, the shopper's drug mark down the street or the Rexall down the other street, but it's not. And as a pharmacist, you know, you, you start to see the signs. Sometimes you start to see the physical signs that a patient might be struggling with that. But those that come back, you start to see those signs on one's patient profile that, you know, they're they're using it more frequently than they should. They're getting it refilled more. All of those things are in that database that we have on, on, on each and every patient. So, so it's important for a pharmacist to be alert to all that stuff. But it also, you know, it's also little things, you know, little things like, you know, maybe somebody's buying a different product to correct an issue that, you know, perhaps opioid abuse might cause, you know, like, like constipation or something like that. Like people don't think about things like that, but, you know, a pharmacist might notice that, wow, this patient is, you know, buying, you know, laxatives or something like that. And they never used to. So it's, it's little signs like that. So it's, uh, by the way, that's that's not a little sign. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, let's take a call from uh, Jacqueline in Scarborough. Hi, Jacqueline. Oh, hi, Libby. I love you, Libby. <laughs> hi, thanks. I, 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 Mr. Pharmacist, I forgot his name. Dean Miller. Uh, Mr. Dean Miller, uh, first of all, I think uh, the doctor should tell the patient, right, dear? Well, that's where it starts. I mean, you know, this is a serious problem. So, I mean, all healthcare professionals have to work together. Yes. So, so that's what happened to me, Jocelyn Borgie. I was taking uh, Ativan, which is lorazepam, right? Sir? Right. Yes. Ativan, which is a tranquilizer. Yeah, it's an anti-anxiety. Lorazepam, yeah, right? Yeah. Yes, that's right. And I was taking it, and I was depending on it like you wouldn't believe. It's like... It's like if I didn't take it, I thought I was going to die. Yeah. So, so I went to my doctor, and I told him I was feeling. He said, Jacqueline, you're tough. You can, you can start by taking, cut it in half every day. Start by cutting it in half. I said, yes, I'll do that. I will do that. I'll cut it in half. And then he, start, he said, start. Slippy, um, start, uh, oh, I don't know that in English. Start not taking it one day. Yeah, How like a day on and a day it, off kind of thing. Start skipping one day. And did right. that work for you? It worked wonderfully. 
I start skipping, <laughs> skipping and skipping, and and all of a sudden I didn't need it anymore. The doctor yeah. was so pleased. Yeah, Jocelyn, that that brings up a very important point because a lot of times trying to get off these things is a big big problem and it's a challenge, and you have to do it right because if you don't do it right and you just say I'm just going to stop, I mean you can you can cause a oh, lot you, I, of issues. I don't think you should stop right away, right, dear? You're right. You're okay, right. thanks for your call. Oh, you're welcome, Libby. Bye bye. Bye bye. Uh, so the pharmacist can help you with that kind of withdrawal. Yeah, and 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 developing a schedule to actually you know get one off because every drug's a little different, right? You know, some are long acting, some are short acting, you know, some are some are for sleep, some are stimulants, that sort of thing, right? So they're they're all treated a little bit differently. So the pharmacist knows a lot about all of those different medications. So. I, I want to bring in a, a personal story here. And uh, when I was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, I had a huge amount of pain that was not controlled. Plus, I ended up with pancreatitis on top of that, right. which made the pain really. And so they started, I was on opioid painkillers. Right. And they ended up, you know, kind of, first of all, hel- helter-skelter, al- adding in breakthrough doses. Yeah. And uh, so f- f- I ended up with at least one person who knew what they were doing. And when it came time to get off the drug, he said to me, you know, you you can't just go off this drug. We have to taper it. And it actually wasn't a big deal. I think it happened over the course of maybe a couple of weeks. And because I followed that kind of a schedule, I never had a problem. And, and I have to say that afterwards, you know, um, I was shocked. I don't know if I just filled a prescription before I went off it, but literally these pills filled a shoebox. And I could not believe, you know, how much yeah. I was taking. And, and literally by following those instructions, I did not have a problem not for three minutes. Yeah, and and, and that's 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 great, but, but, you know. But because what you identified is a huge issue, and a lot of people have and they struggle with this, and they struggle with it for a long time. And before you know it, that shoebox is a garbage bin full of these medications, and you know that's another issue, right? You know, medications that are sitting around your house. They're sitting in your medicine cabinet uh, for almost anybody to take, right? And that's where some of these problems pop up. And, you know, medications, you know, they, they, they have potency to them. And over time, they'll lose potency. But some of them still, you know, have a big wallop to them, you know, uh, oh, even, I, even I, long after they're expired. I got rid of them because I know that those medications have street value. Right. And, yeah. and uh, certainly didn't want anyone to be, uh, you know... Yeah. Wanting to steal, steal them. them, yeah. So d- definitely, but um, but uh, but again, I mean, the importance of of doing that correctly because just the amount of it would it was it was stunning. Of course, yeah. I'm very fortunate to have not needed them anymore. Yeah. yeah. Well, in a lot of cases with a condition, you know, as serious as pancreatic cancer, you know, the pain gets progressively worse. Yeah. So you might have you might have been on 
five or six or more type of medication just to help with your condition. So you're right. You, you sort of develop this collection of medications. Now, you just mentioned fentanyl, which is uh, another drug that's been causing a huge amount, a terrible problem with deaths, and that, that's also uh, essentially a cancer drug. That's right, and, and most times that comes in a patch, and it's, you know, it's been very well publicized, especially out in Western Canada where there's been, you know, a lot of people abusing that medication and a lot of people dying from that medication, and it's, it's spreading eastward. And, you know, I mean, fentanyl's been around for a long time, and it's usually, you know, a patch that somebody uses, and a lot of time it's for, for cancer pain. But it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a medication that, that really causes a lot of abuse, and it's, it's very, very potent. And, you know, for, for somebody who doesn't have the uh, resilience to, to handle a drug like that, I mean, it could kill a person quite easily. Okay, we're going to have to take a very quick break. Before we go, I'm going to give the numbers once again, 416-360-0740 or 1-866-740-4740. We're talking about prescription uh, drug abuse, and for that matter, pharmacist Dean Miller has said, you know, you can you can get addicted to stuff that's over the counter as well. If you have any questions about this, give us a shout, and we will be right back with more after this. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. I'm here with Dean Miller from the Ontario Pharmacists Association, and we're talking about a terrible problem, prescription drug abuse. The number is 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And we have Tim on the line in Milton. Hello, Tim. Thank you for your call. Well, thank you for um, uh, letting me speak. Um, I got a couple of comments and a question. The main one is, these opioids are so dangerous, especially in the wrong hands, including myself. Like I've had four major surgeries in the past six or seven years. Up until the time that I needed these painkillers, I never heard of the one that I was on. Now, I'm like a lot of people. I have an addictive personality. So if you give me a bottle of them, it isn't a, you know, like I don't follow how that I should should be taking them now i just got out of rehab last week after doing a five-week stint and i've seen more people in there young people 19 20 years old beautiful young girls nice young men you know who could have been athletes and all that my question is why doesn't the government step in talk to these pharmacists because i know pharmacists right now i was in there with one of them uh he was a user himself and I know other ones in town here that are abusing the system just by giving these people enough that would knock out a horse. Now, it's obvious that these people are not just using them all. They're also selling them to make a living. To me, the government should be stepping in and either doing something to eliminate all the problem that we have with them. Because if you go in these rehab hospitals let's say it's incredible the amount of people that are hooked on them and and they are killing people left and right now why is it that the government is just standing by and letting this happen well okay thank you for sharing your story first of all and and i think dean uh, the 
the government and pharmacists are trying to do things about this. Well, yeah. Thanks for your comment, Tim. Um, you know, you're right. I mean, healthcare professionals, sometimes there's more people that have issues with medications and and addictions in the healthcare field almost than anywhere. And, and, and um, you know, there's a lot of support programs and stuff for healthcare professionals to deal with that stuff. You know, part of the issue is, you know, that about 10 years ago, the pain threshold guidelines and the pain guidelines that, you know, physicians and people like that use to determine how, you know, a person should get medication changed. And it became a, a lot more aggressive. And I, you know, I've been in pharmacy for, you know, about 30 years now. And I've noticed a, a, a big increase in just over the last 10 years in, in the way that people are, are, as you said, kind of abusing those medications. And, and, you know, there are things that are happening. I think our education and whatnot is a lot better now than it ever used to be. But there's still, I agree with you 100%, there's still significant reform to be done on this topic because, you know, we're not anywhere near, especially in Canada, we're not anywhere near where we need to be um, on this. And, and a lot of times there is. There's different medications you can use that'll do the same thing. And meanwhile, you know, um, there's a lot of prescribing habits, habits and things that need to be changed because people go right to the strongest medication right from the start. And that's not always the best way to do it. Right. Now, uh, Tim, uh, just a question for you. Did you start taking uh, these drugs uh, kind of off-label right away? Like, did you did you ever follow the instructions on it, or did you? Well, like I was saying, I've got an addictive personality. Um, my own doctor had said there's no reason that a person has got to be in pain nowadays. This is about five or six years ago. And she said, like, if the dose isn't enough, we just up it a little bit. Well, even her idea now has changed 100% because she read some books and she heard about different doctors being sued. So she's not as eager to pass them out, uh, you know, let's say as often. But, um, no, it's like I was saying that I've got an addictive personality like probably a lot of people do. And instead of feeling pain, I would take an extra pill. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of a lot of people do. Did your doctor know? Uh, she found out. And as a matter of fact, uh, you know, uh, I mean, I would, um, you know, I would tell her if I don't get it from you, I'll get it on the street. So, you know, like I was almost kind of blackmailing her. Y- yeah, I that's. Apologize. You know, um, since then, I've apologized to her to put her in a situation like that um you know like i just like i know of people that are getting extraordinary amounts from pharmacists and it's the pharmacist that's handing them out to them and they should know like don't tell me these people are, are ignorant and they don't know like i know a fellow in town here who moved down east and this guy's getting up like just an incredible amount so he leaves Milton where that he polluted half of the town, and now he's he's down east, and he's doing the same thing down there. And this pharmacist has got to know this guy's taking away too much because yeah. he can't take that much. Yeah, he's, in a lot of cases, in a lot of cases, Tim, uh, I mean, the pharmacist will, you know, look at a prescription and say, you know what, I'm. You know the the medica- you know the prescriptions for a hundred, but I'm only going to give you 
30 or and I'm going to break it up into three different allotments and that sort of thing. So, you know, that that's some of the controls that, you know, we can put into the system or or control the interval. You know, you'll only get right. 30 over yeah. every seven days or something like yeah. that. Um, but that, you know, that and that's the importance of going back to the the pharmacist you know, right? Because well, that, yeah, uh, and it's also, I mean, I think uh, Tim also told us his experience where he went back to the doctor and apologized. I mean, part of, I, th- I think, the thing about addiction is that people will find a way to get these drugs. Yeah. No doubt. No yeah. doubt. Um, yeah, and, and we see things like double doctoring, and that's stuff yeah. that pharmacists, good pharmacists, will pick up on, right? And we do have what's called the narcotic monitoring system, which is a pretty new thing here in Ontario. And you probably noticed, Tim, uh, if you've taken these medications, a couple of years ago, pharmacists started to say, can, you see, can I see some ID? You know, you, That's you right, know, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that didn't used to exist. So things like that are starting to change, but I yeah. agree with you. Things have to change faster. Okay, yeah. Tim, thank you so much for sharing your story. I think um, I thank you very much also. Okay, thanks, thanks a Tim. lot. Margaret in Kitchener. Hi, Margaret. Oops, just had to take the speakerphone off. Okay, there isn't much time, and I can't, haven't got time to go into my own personal story. But I will say my own doctor told me that pharmaceutical companies are ruling the world. And I believe it, because they don't do anything to stop this uh, pill stuff. They put me on it and 45 years ago, and I'm still on diazepam to get to sleep at night. So that's just part of my story with uh, pharmaceuticals and and doctors just handing out, going there and say you got a headache, okay, take this. It's it's starting to change a little bit. And yeah. wh- why do you think they got the uh, pharmacists involved in, in warning the people? There's too many people dying from uh, over medication. Blame it on the pharmaceuticals. That's all I have to say because I know your time is up, and I thank you very much. <laughs> bye bye. Okay, bye bye. Uh, Again, uh, you know, people get yeah. hooked on this. So, so again, your pharmacist, if you're on a drug like this, can go through the process of, of withdrawal. Yeah. But yeah. that only comes if your issue is resolved. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, again, as a couple of our callers have identified, those that are going to abuse a drug abuse medications are going to find a way to do it and you know the pharmacist your physician everybody's there to help um and we do as much as we can and we've got systems in place to help control this but you know there's still a lot of reform that needs to be done on this topic for sure uh do you have things specific things that you would like to see reformed that you think would make the system work better yeah i i I mean i think you know i think more of a you know, those pain medication guidelines that I talked about, I think, you know, I think it was Tim that identified the fact that, that you know, he got on medication that was pretty heavy pretty early. And, yeah. and there are a lot of other alternative treatments. And I think that's where it starts, the education of physicians. And, and the last caller was right as well. I mean, you know, the Canadian culture has start, started to say, hey, you know what, uh, uh, just just give people very heavy narcotics and they'll be out of pain and they'll be in good shape. Well, other I- thing, one other thing, uh, Libby, is, you know, we for the longest time have had over-the-counter uh, codeine products, right? And, and you know, I think pro- provinces are starting to get a little smarter with how that's controlled as well. And that sort of starts this vicious cycle. 
So, uh, yeah, that's definitely that. And Ed, is there anything? We only have thirty seconds left to prevent people like on a prescription so that they couldn't take that prescription from one pharmacy to the next if they say they lost it or something. Yeah, that that's where we need to uh, have some additional uh, work done on stuff like an electronic health records and that sort of thing. Ontario is behind the times there. If we improve that, we'll improve this too. Okay, you know, that is all the time we have. I really think we should revisit this topic because I there's agree. a lot more to be said about this. There are a lot more people calling with questions, so we will revisit this topic. In the meantime, Dean Miller from the Ontario Pharmacists Association, thank you so much for your insight. My pleasure. Thanks, Libby. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.